Good afternoon, folks. We have the one and only SGN on, and we have my good friend Josh Reed from the Red Pill Project. And I'm going to tell you right now, we're not even going through the commercial. My wife's probably going to play the commercial right before this one here. And uh, this is going to be a, a power-packed show. We got some amazing questions. I know Josh is ex-military. We're going to blow the lid off of this thing. You guys better fasten your seatbelt. Uh, I want to know about the Red Pill Project, and then I want SGN on to sort of come in, and we'll segue into some questions I think this is going to be very interesting, guys. Let's go. Joshua. Right. Mel, what's up, man? Well, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm glad to be here with SG Anon and yourself. And uh, the Red Pill Project. Well, you know, we live in an incredibly volatile time. Uh, when I originally got deleted from social media overnight, every single one of my channels, over 100,000 subscribers on YouTube and every other channel we can imagine, um, I, I tried to the, the recuperate myself, right? Like, how do I get all this back? How do I start all over again? I started out as a podcaster doing QD codes. I was known as Q Patriot. Um, and 2017, me and a group of friends started some, uh, some Twitter channels and just started chatting about this stuff. And I started seeing a lot of people doing some really kind of bad decodes and coming from the U.S. military, understanding how these levels of communication operate. I just couldn't watch this happen. And I wanted to get out there and really communicate with the people to kind of give them my take and a take that I had in this group that was about 15 different people, a lot of military vets that were looking at this movement and seeing what was really happening, as well as studying the evolution and origins of the Q movement. And so I created the Red Pill Project out of that, um, out of that censorship. And one of the, the tenets of the Red Pill Project is this motto. It's never believe anything anybody tells you, no matter who they are, or what authority they possess or profess, not even myself, unless you can prove it with your own research, your own investigation, through your own volition, through your own experiences. And I've, I've held that true, is that we all have to have a, a level of hypercritical analysis when it comes to information, because we are truly operating in a realm of information warfare. If we look at the various sectors that are out there right now that are under attack within our society and that we see patriots going out there and trying to, to get back in and take control of, we have social, cultural, institutional, political, academic, supply chain, infrastructure, we have our laws and policy, we have economic, environmental, geopolitical, every single one of these are under attack. And the interesting thing is, is above all of those different domains is the information domain. And this is why it was so critical in 2017 with the beginnings of the Q movement coming out of this military operation of various different generals, active duty and not active duty, to go out there and take back the idea of information. This started with obviously General Flynn, digital warriors. This came with Donald Trump and his fake news campaign, but they understood that information was the key to opening people's minds and really evolving to the point where we have alternative media. We have alternative news. We have podcasters out there getting as much information to the American public, to the world and global population as possible. And see, this is what we have now. We're no longer alternative. We are the news. We are the media for people. The CNN, mainstream media, these, these places are all dying. And this actually came about through a transition. Um, if you started looking at social media uh, flows back in 2015 to 2017, 
What you start seeing in the the rating skew is that people were transitioning from this half an hour, the hour long, watching news broadcasts, watching CNN, MSNBC, Fox News. And they were transitioning into this idea of watching two to three minute clips on YouTube or TikTok or Twitter or Facebook or Vines or 30 second clips of news and information and taking in various different memes. And the Patriots utilized that transition to basically infiltrate and take over the information domain. And this is kind of what we've done and what we've been doing for a long time. But still, with that being said, is we know there's high levels of infiltration in every aspect of that information domain. We just need to be very hypercritical of the information that we take into our mind, our body, our senses, and the actions and decisions that come about from that information. Absolutely perfect. SGNon, aside from you keeping your anonymity and where you're located, et cetera, who is SGNon? How did you come onto the scene? Can you explain to the audience a little bit about yourself and then we'll get so absolutely. Um, I woke up about twelve years ago uh, when I discovered that Pepsi Cola and Coca-Cola were using a product called HEK two ninety-three within their flavor profiles. Um, there it is. Good job. The HEK-293, uh, for those that don't know, that stands for Human Embryonic Kidney 293. This was a flavor additive being pioneered and used in all soft drinks around the world. Um, most processed foods, especially those owned by Nabisco and Nestle, um, and a whole host of other uh, sort of wicked things. It sent me on a rabbit hole because it's equivalent to forced cannibalism without your knowledge. Um, <clears throat> so sort of rolling from that point, I attempted um, around nine, 10 months later to join the United States Armed Forces. I got about 11 months through that process. Well, I was about 12 months through that process. A, a health condition presented itself, which forced me to uh, separate. And then, I, but in that time period, that whole, that moving along, um, I was exposed to a couple of individuals that were in uh, fields like cyber intelligence, uh, cyberspace analysis, things of that nature. And a couple of them, a few years my senior, um, one of them actually sort of a mentor even as I was going into that process and then a mentor as I was separating out of that process, um, kept in touch with me over the years. Um, you know, they went on to do really wonderful things that I know very little about simply because of how military operations and uh, need to know works. So fast forward. Through the 2000 teens, I went living my life, doing my deep dive research, spending uh, regular hours on the Tor browser, um, a nerd, if you will, a tech nerd, um, very interested to find out the level of depravity. Um, I swapped a couple of exchanges over the years with the gentleman I refer to as my mentor, but we really reconnected in early 2018 over these things called the Q drops. We recognized immediately, both of us separately, um, some of the content that was being shared, especially as it pertained to uh, CIA operations being covers and fronts for trafficking, um, <clears throat> excuse me, special operators being duped, not knowing what sorts of assignments they were on, assisting in very terrible things. And so kind of moving on from there, you know, we followed the, or I followed the Q movement all through Donald Trump's presidency. Um, the COVID pandemic hit. My mentor and I had another sort of really good reconnecting conversation. Um, I should stress that I don't get a chance to really talk very much with the individual day to day. And we have very separate lives. He's more of like a distant, highly respected friend. And so sort of moving through the COVID pandemic, 
understanding what was at play, seeing Q drops happen in real time, seeing Q proofs being like occurring within 24 hours of a drop simultaneously with the drop, um, imagery being shared on the Q boards during 2020 that could only have come from high level and in, like intelligence officials or um, officials within government. It began to be very clear that there was some sort of counterintelligence operation of an enormous Leviathan scale that was being implemented and sort of rolled through. And the Q proofs were our um, civilian side relatable arm to that. They were the, they were the avenue by which we were introduced to a highly top secret, enormous military operation that has been going on in this world since at least 2016. So um, that's kind of a, myself in a nutshell. You know, occasionally I will swap messages with the gentleman I refer to as my mentor, um, sort of bouncing things off of him. Occasionally he'll have information to share that he believes is accurate and gives to me. I trust him very much and he trusts the people he knows throughout his lifetime very much as well. Um, but most of what I do is open source. It's, it's research that you can do yourself. It's research that you can find um, a great deal of it on freespoke.com. Uh, you don't even need the Tor browser to, to validate some of it. Um, it's there for us to see. And that's sort of the essence of the Q movement is we have more than we know. We just don't know really how to get started. Great. I have a follow-up question. Hopefully the echo went away. Uh, are you still military? And have you been activated in any capacity to drop breadcrumbs deliberately, specifically for this time that we're living in right now as we're getting towards the end of the movie? No. This is a pursuit of passion. I concluded my service uh, period with the United States Armed Forces in 2000 and um, it was early 2013. Joshua, jump in anytime you want, brother. Uh, no, yeah, no. Well, uh, yeah, I served uh, 10 years in the United States Navy. I worked on uh, weapon gun missile fire control systems. Um hear that echo again but very well connected to various different circles i got a lot of friends um who are former special operators current special operators with the united states armed forces got a lot of good connections within the department of defense still i worked in washington dc for four years at the washington navy yard um and you know just like sg on here is uh we all have our back channels and our connections uh to get the the pulse of what is happening in the world and how these things are actually unfolding. And uh, as for being active duty military, if you wanted to ask me the same question, no, I am, I have not been recalled in any capacity, shape or form. And this is just my, my service continuing uh, just like my oath to the support and defense of constitution to get the correct information out there and to amass a, uh, um, I don't want to say an army, but a digital army of people out there that can get the truth and spread it far and wide and be informed because it is the informed people in the world that really bring about the needed change that we see within this world. I have a question from Patsy, who's in inside our telegram group. Do any of you gentlemen, any, uh, whoever's got the answers to this uh, can jump in. You guys have any military uh, information in regards to Canada arrests, et cetera. This comes in from Patsy in our Telegram group. The only evidence um, that I can find with regards to what may or may not be happening in Canada at this time were a couple of messages that were shared on a deep web forum. And admittedly, on those particular outlets, they can be faked. Um, 
but they seem to hint at a lot of chatter going on between United States naval assets and assets in the Canadian armed forces in the eastern portion of the country. Um, to what that points, I'm not 100% sure. It could be you know, deep operations in government. It could be nothing. It could be operations to liberate children. We know factually that operations to liberate children have been going on for a number of years at this point. And a great deal of those um, very large underground fortresses are located under the eastern seaboards of both the United States and Canada. Um, so I think we need to do a little bit more research on that, but it would not surprise me if something was happening. Well, and the underground operations you're basically hinting to, these underground operations are still ongoing. Uh, have we eradicated most of it, or are we still at war underground? Or, and if you want to get as graphic as you want to get, you can unleash heaven on earth. I really don't care because the reality is, uh, hell on earth rather, uh, the reality is that, um, you know, I want people want to know specifics. If you have any specifics, sort of like me on the bone, uh, I think that we can get a little bit into that as well. Josh, if you'd like to take the first run at that and I can follow up with you, sir. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's, it's interesting in the sense of military operations and going about in these tunnel systems. Um, but this is interesting because I've heard a lot of various things. And during 2017, 2018, especially 19 and 20 during the pandemic, plandemic, um, we heard a lot of these rumors of uh, tunnels being excavated and taken down by uh, special operators. Now, from my military service, one thing that I know wholeheartedly is that we do have deep underground military bases, that there is a, a cavern system actually um, carved underneath the North American continent. And this actually happens underneath every continent, because when you have salt water that hits bedrock over millions and millions of years, what's going to happen is that bedrock becomes porous. And then if you look at every freshwater lake and so forth, how do they get there? Well, the salt water rises up through the ground, brews a salt, you have a salt bed, and then you have freshwater lakes that come up. Um, this actually happened to me when I was on a plane. I was with a, a government contractor coming from San Diego, flying to Los Angeles or uh, Las Vegas. And he asked me if I had ever seen a submarine in Las Vegas. And I said, how the hell do you get a submarine in Las Vegas? And we flew over, I forgot the location, but he showed me a submarine in Las Vegas. And he then went on to tell me that he designed the computer system that created the transit system in the underground tunneling system. And this guy was 100% legitimate. I'd worked with him at Spay War and so forth. And so we know that these tunnel systems exist, the extent of these tunnel systems. Um, I've interviewed Dr. Michael Sala, who's talked about that there could potentially be an extraterrestrial interdimensional demonic presence that obviously, obviously operates in those. Um, as for operators going down there and freeing the children, or if that's really the case, um, I haven't seen too much substantiation of evidence on it, but from reports that we've gotten, things like the the testimony of Phil Schneider back in right. the 90s, we know that there's a certain level of legitimacy to it. Um, but I haven't heard any new information or rumors on that, especially the Canada information that you guys were just talking about. All right. In the, in the follow-up to that, um, it's interesting you talk about ongoing underground operations. That's been a major, major part of this journey. The identification, mapping, reconnaissance and rescuing of hostages, uh, mapping these tunnels, figuring out just exactly where they are, who they are, when they are, um, what they're doing there and putting a stop to it. It's been going on now for a long time. Um, we had some European media report over the last few days, I think it was actually last week, 
that 20,000 Austrian soldiers had been activated for underground warfare in Central Europe. I think we can conclude that regardless of what the operations are going on right now, there are ops that are running. This is an active situation. This is a fluid time. And so sort of keeping the pulse of what is going on helps us keep our peace, helps us keep our faithfulness in the movement, and also gives us some proofs in real time, especially with things like the Twitter files, that we have a physical hand doing the heavy lifting. And our job is to ensure that, <clears throat> excuse me, everyone on the other side understands what has been going on. Interesting. Um, the tribunals down in Castro territory, do you guys have any solid evidence that they're still going on? I think personally, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but I do believe that there is something of major significance going at the White House because I heard you over say a few times, uh, SGNN, in regards to the fact that uh, Washington, D.C. is a foreign territory. Uh, are there tribunals? I'm, I'm suspecting that this is true, even though I have really zero evidence or tangible evidence that the tribunals are also taking place inside the White House. Uh, currently taking place, maybe not. I know that they have been taking place at different points along this journey for a while. The D.C. territory is a foreign enemy. It is or was occupied during January of 2021. Overwhelming military force was used and we went under a law of war uh, situation and a military occupation. The White House has been used for a number of different things. There's a video that shows an enormous uh, group of prisoners being sort of cattle herded through um, banisters and barricades in front of the White House with halogen spotlights. Uh, this was around 9 p.m. at night, I believe, on the video camera. Um, this was an enormous operation for moving human capital. Um, we have videos that have surfaced from the White House with black bags um, being rolled out on stretcher carts, loaded into vans and being taken away. We have National Guard buses manned by Marines um, back and forth to the White House. Um, military protocol in a lot of places is being violated if we were to look at this situation as as though it, as if it were real um <clears throat> excuse me regarding evidence with trials in gitmo um it's my belief that those are still occurring just recently actually it was three days ago i was on flight radar and followed a c-130 airframe that had flown from um the virginia area right along the eastern seaboard and it was making a direct approach into guantanamo bay and then went off radar i have a dear friend of mine who's not the mentor that i referenced but someone who i've known for a good long while i met in my civilian life who's a former air force veteran and a former loadmaster on c-130s he assured me that in times of war c-130 airframes are easily convertible for all sorts of transport including prisoners including staff including civilians um they are not simply used for materials, although they can be. They're a very versatile airframe, and that one flew right into Guantanamo Bay. So there's a lot of things that are circumstantial. There's a lot of things that are empirical. I think when we blend the narratives being told by the mainstream media with the alt media, and then we see certain documentation, we can draw some extremely interesting parallels that give us a good deal of confidence that what we're saying and seeing is actually true. Josh, you have anything to add to that or any, any uh, backup questions on that? Yeah, you know, uh, Mel, as we were discussing before, is 
There's there's only uh, a few of the actual tribunals that I've heard have, have taken place that were actually legitimate in the sense that um, they've been verified to me legitimately. And this came from an incredibly reliable source, someone who's um, been, I, I can show you pictures of them with heads of state and they're out there. And this is someone I hold very, very dearly. Um, and that would have been General Raimondo and General Powell, former Secretary of State Powell, and then John McCain. Um, you know, as for all the the speculation on the other ones, it, it's hard to say. We really don't have any substantiation evidence. And then you get other aspects of this, right? Like uh, the, the Michael Baxter stuff, real raw news, which was shown to be uh, Michael. His real name is Michael Tuffin. And Michael Tuffin is a liberal who hates Trump. And he comes out there and created this 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 fake website that basically propagate BS out there to basically discredit people. And so a lot of the original stuff that was coming out about these tribunals was coming out from him. So it's hard to take that information and, and utilize it and validate its source auth authenticity. So just for the tribunals, I know those are the only ones that I know of, but it's definitely possible that there's more. Yeah, we got one question from Puzzle Builder, a.k.a. American Joe. Uh, why is the Q war still highly covert uh, at this time and not out in the open at this point? You can take that, SGM. I'll, I'll take it after. The answer I would give to that is that we haven't achieved certain mission objectives that are necessary to move us into the next era, the next phase of things. This is a discovering journey, and we're finding out that a great deal of the mass population is extraordinarily asleep, um, dead asleep, as it were. And so as we've moved along, we've, you know, we've moved mountains, we've destroyed guidestones, we've rescued children, we've got coordinated operations happening in real time that we can see, and yet we're not fully there as far as disclosure. Remember, when things are put right in the United States of America, the entire world must cascade along with it. Every single arm of this operation has to be fully ready, fully integrated with the mission, with their marching orders before we can move to that phase. Um, I think a lot is being asked of the American population. <clears throat> we're very strong. We're capable people and we're a capable culture. I think we're being, I think we're being asked to shoulder the discomfort of knowing a lot of what is going on as we catch up the rest of the world in situations where uh, physical coordination still has to be established, political coordination still has to be established. Um, you know, this is a delicate time period that we're living through. Um, but I think we have a very good case to be made that as we progress through this time period, even as we look towards next year and even towards 2024, there is no hope left for this deep state apparatus. The world is simply awake. They are, we are, we all are coming around into the realization of what is going on in this world at a pace that outmatches what they're able to control. The narrative is totally lost. Um, like Josh was talking earlier about the Red Pill Project, we are the news. We are the connection for information in the world. Um, I guess that's where I would leave that. Awesome. Josh, you want to add anything to that? I do. And, and well said. I mean, he's he's spot on is that we have to come to the precipice. We have to wait for people to get to this critical threshold to where it's no longer a secret. People are no longer asleep. People are no longer fighting 
um, this uh, the truth. But there's also another part that we have to go back to kind of a lot of my research developed around how did Q come about or what originally evolved into Q. And this came about from um, stolen nuclear technology and stolen high level classified technology. I think, Mel, we talked about this the last time I was on the show, is that this goes back to 2008. There's two various nuclear incidences. Um, a whole bunch of generals and top brass got fired because of this. One of them was Major General Kevin Sullivan, who just happens to be the father of John Sullivan, who videotaped the whole January 6th event, which is kind of ironic to say. But um, basically, the level of technology that was being taken during that time and sent over to China, uh, we believe was not nuclear, but higher than nuclear, kind of like Q clearance type of stuff, Department of Energy. Um, it was being basically administered by a company known as EG&G. If anybody's out there is a fan of Bob Lazar's story from Area 51 S4 of how he worked on advanced um, alien craft and reverse engineered him, he worked for a company known as EG&G. This is the same company that in 2008 was sending. Um, basically, they were taking boxes of classified technology, unclassifying them, sending them to Taiwan. Once in Taiwan, they're being sent over to China. Luckily, they got interdicted on a, a vessel and sent back to the United States. The 10 people involved in that, including Major General Kevin Sullivan, were um, punished for this, fired, left their positions. But this creates this kind of scenario in the military to where you're not going to go out and have congressional and senatorial hearings. You're not going to go tell the president. These are, these are limited functionality politicians who aren't going to be there possibly four years down the road. So you bring this within the top brass. You bring this within the high levels of the military and former military of trusted patriots, and you bring, begin an operation to find out who is selling these secrets because easily could have been one of those politicians. And this is kind of where the beginning of the queue, uh, this this movement to find out who's selling this, this technology to China comes from. And then I even showed through my research that this is exactly what was in Hillary Clinton's emails that were deleted and acid washed, because we see it when Inspector General of the Intelligence Committee, McCullough, was testifying in front of the Senate Intelligence Committee, and he was asked what was in these emails, and he says, classified, classified, classified. And the chairman's like, Hold on a second. I'm the, I'm the chairman of the intelligence committee. I have the highest security clearance in our government. What do you mean you can't tell me? He goes, well, these are special access programs. They're compartmentalized, need to know. You don't have access. I could only get a summary briefing to get read into them. And so what's interesting is after this hearing, this was 2016, Trump comes in the office and him and Pompeo start undoing a lot of what Barack Obama did. One of the things they started undoing was they started undoing the education exchange programs with China, including the 10,000 Talents program. And then we saw about 28 to 32 various professors arrested over the next three years. The one commonality that every single one of those professors had was they all had DOD, Department of Energy, DARPA, and NASA grants for special access programs, and they are all working on space, um, space materials, propulsion systems, um, energy systems, as well as nanotechnology, because we obviously everybody knows Dr. Charles Lieber, who was arrested at Harvard University. And so we can look at that flow of information and say that that was the beginning of the Q movement, that they were out there trying to stop this exchange of these highly classified technologies to China. And this is exactly what Donald Trump and Pompeo and these guys did when they originally came in, is stop that flow of information to China. Now, I think, and kind of one of the reasons why it's still clandestine is because that flow of information is still 
going, that China's still developing these high-level technologies. We saw this with the, the nuclear delivery system that they had and were testing just last year that was traveling 30,000 miles per hour and around the globe in a second or in, around the globe in 15 minutes. And so because these technologies are still out there and because of the the uh, the level of classification of these technologies and the release to the, the public domain, I think what we're waiting for is a complete annihilation of the deep state, the the cabalist infrastructure around the world. And then you're going to see a slow integration of these technologies as they roll out. But first, we have to come to this cusp or precipice moment to where people are open minded and open to the understanding of what has actually been happening. Absolutely. Now, I want to switch gears here for a little bit, and then we're going to switch gears right back to the 17th movement. The Brunson case, from what I understand, from what I was told, I don't know because I'm not following it very, very closely. I'm guilty as charged. But uh, I will tell you that I was told that it has nothing to do with the debacle of the election of 2020. If you gentlemen know what it has to do with, please enlighten me and enlighten our audience as well. Thank you. Yeah, SG, you can go first, man. You know, what they might be referring to is the fact that the Brunson case in its full form is not really about voter fraud at all. It's mm -hmm. about procedures. Um, there were clearly stated textual procedures in place which were completely ignored, um, completely violated in all aspects, not carried through. And the uh, punishment for violating those procedures in an election cycle is dismissal and removal from office. And so it's a fairly cut and dry case in that sense. Now, how it goes as we progress towards that January 6th day, a very iconic day, I believe no accident in that day being set for this case, um, is anybody's guess. I've heard that um, the Brunsons are receiving a lot of um, sort of interference, flack, if you will, on this journey. Um, they are being protected, but they're also being targeted. You know, this is an operation that's uh, for the deep state's very survival. So they sort of deploy sleepers, if you will, um, espionage assets that they still have access to and control of to disrupt or destroy uh, momentum and progress on this journey. I think we should pay attention to the Brunson case closely over the next four weeks. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I've talked to, I've interviewed Lloyd twice on the case. I just texted him a few days ago and we were talking, I introduced him to a uh, friend of mine, Todd, attorney Todd Callender, who is um, working on the military vaccine mandates case, which is also at the 10th circuit as well. We're getting them introduced so we can start replicating this process and get other court cases filed. Um, and one of the things there as well about this case that is ironically on January 6th, is that it's seeking to basically hold accountable the 385 members of Congress who voted for the certification of the election, while 100 members of Congress brought about legitimate claims of, of voter fraud, of voter evidence, and simply asked for a 10-day hold-off period before certification and that they look into the evidence. And those 385 members basically violated their constitutional oath, which basically would have been the First Amendment coming out there in that the people have a redress of their grievances. These members of Congress were bringing those grievances to Congress saying, hey, look, we have 100 members here saying, look, we need to stop and look at this evidence. And those 385 members created a national security um, 
basically situation there by certifying that election, which we find out later on from DNI Radcliffe that there was Chinese interference in the election. Um, and so the Brunson brothers are trying to hold them accountable for that, which does have severe implications for those 385 members because they'll never be able to serve again. If they're found guilty, they could be tried um, and and put obviously in jail, Gitmo or whatever. Um, but not only that is it has the ability to reverse the election or do over the election because of the massive concerns that were never looked at within uh, the, the election cycle. And, and that's my biggest problem as well, is we have ample amounts of evidence of voter fraud from the 2020 election, from the 2022 election. We even have it from the 2018 election. The question is, is we never had a legitimate investigation to look at that evidence and actually weigh it in a criminal court. And I think that that's everybody's biggest problem. This is kind of what the Brunson brothers had brought forth is that, hey, look, we need to have these investigations and you guys denied us that right, which is due process, is the First Amendment, redress of grievances, and uh, we we need to hold these people accountable. So I'm I'm all for the, the Brunson bros on what they're doing. Lois case is still at the 10th Circuit uh, awaiting appeal to the, the SCOTUS. They have a streamlined effort and way to do that. So we're going to see a lot more of these cases coming up to the Supreme Court. And here's the thing, and this is one thing that we can all do once we get this in motion, is we got a group of 100 attorneys that are now collaborating potentially with them, as well as a lot of big names. And once we get this going to a process, people will simply be able to go to a website, download the paperwork, fill out their information, copy and paste all the complaint data, file it themselves, and take it to the 10th Circuit, streamline it directly to the Supreme Court, and do exactly what the Brunson people did. Now, if we can do that in troves, millions, we will we will win that battle and we'll get those 385 people held accountable, I guarantee you. Well, there's a lot of people out there still saying there's nothing going on, nothing going on. I just showed before we actually hit the record button, uh, on uh, a video that to me was very compelling. I even sent it to a good friend of mine, Patrick, who was very skeptical of things going on. And he said that was the best he's ever seen. Uh, if you don't mind sharing that with us, Josh, I think that yeah. would be great for the audience. I think that would be great for SGNon. I want to see how he reacts to this video. It's a fi It's almost five minutes so just bear with us. I don't think it's boring. I think it'll be, keep you pretty captivated. All right, let's take a look at this. Hey, this is the end of the end. This is the final phase of the operation. For those of you who think the, Q's a, um, the Q movement is a tinfoil hat wearing conspiracy, switch off now if you're still here. I doubt you are. It's real. I've explained its rules. It's been going for 60 years, at least since Kennedy's death. It's been going well before that, in fact, this pushback, but in its latest phase. <clears throat> and the last, this last, Counteroffensive started uh, the year before Trump was elected. He was elected and he moved it forward. And the top level, the top level of filth that's been running the planet's been taken out. The middle order are now panicking and running. By middle order, I mean presidents and prime ministers. They're just middle order schmucks. Heads of uh, departments in public service, for example, they are now panicking and running. They're all ratting on each other because there's there's been the knock at the door. And when they open the door, there's a man with a gun pointed at their face, an MP4, right here. And the reason they aim there is because it goes straight through to the back of the brain you did before you hit the ground, and they get made an offer. And the offer is cooperate, and most of them do. So they're running and they're squealing on each other. The Masonic filth is now collapsing. All that's left, quote, are the useful, <laughs> useful idiots at the bottom. 
And the best they can come up with is late night calls, three in the morning, heavy breathing, you know, 70 style. So they're actually showing their age as well. But that's the best they can come up with. Uh, you know, false allegations about candidates tearing down core flutes. They're the last ones to go. And um, middle of next year, people say, what's happening next? Well, we've got a month of discomfort until the end of the year. Discomfort in the sense of, um, anyway, discomfort. In the first quarter, things will start to pick up. A lot of uh, revelations will be made. Truth will start to come out. And by the middle of the year, there'll be uh, the military tribunals are going to kick off. They've already been done. Many have already been done and been affected. People have been charged, found guilty and executed. People in Australia, in the overseas, people in Australia have been uh, arrested. And they're, let's say they're uh, on a holiday spa somewhere. Middle of the year, you'll start to see it and you'll understand exactly why I don't care about my language and what effect it has upon the pinheads in this country because the pinheads are going to get awakening like wouldn't believe. But it's the end of the end because we are, this is it. This is it. Make sure you've got your food and water and your gas bottles fired up. Be ready for a few weeks of not much to do. And then watch the truth be revealed and you'll understand exactly why we are as exercises we are about all of these issues and why when you look in the mirror, you're going to say, what an idiot. I cannot believe I was so stupid because the evidence will be so overwhelming and it's coming in the next six months. The evidence will be so overwhelming. You will hang your head in shame. Thanks very much for that, Ricardo. We'll uh, wrap it up there. Do you have any other final comments? Uh, we are exactly where we need to be, believe it or not. A1's in great shape. Australia's in great shape. Not because of what the Australians have done. Most Australians have done nothing. But there are forces at play beyond your comprehension. They have this in hand. But you must still do what's required. You've got to step up when you've got to step up. You're going to do what you're going to do. So, please, we are exactly where we need to be. It is fine. We are okay. But you must step up and continue to develop yourselves because what's coming, you'll either survive it or break you in half. And I mean that quite sincerely. So toughen up, princesses out there. Get on with it. Get ready. It's going to be hard. We have independent intelligence leads that don't come out of the US and they don't come out of the, the Q movement. And I can tell you, <laughs> in fact, I can't tell you what I know, but it'll blow your mind. So buckle up, kids. This is going to be a very rough ride for many. You, it is incumbent upon each and every one of you watching this to understand that you must take a leading role. There's nobody else to do it. So that's it. Have fun. Uh, we're going to be doing more of these interviews with a lot of uh, more updates with Sarah because we're going to get very busy over the next few months. It's going to be very, very quick. The, the turnaround time now for the revelations and the disclosures is, is accelerating. It's hard to keep up. We've got some good international interviews going. Keep watching what's happening overseas because that, that presages what's going to happen in this country. So if it happens there, it'll happen here. Please keep paying attention. Get off your lazy asses and do something, for God's sake. Seriously. Please get on with it and stop complaining. We don't care. We're buying. We're busy. We're in great shape. Put up a video. Go hand out a flyer. Do whatever you need to do, but do it. Stop talking. Do it. And definitely stop complaining. That's it for me. Your reaction to that, SG Anon, I know he said six months. You know, a lot of people would love to, love to see this movie end next week or ne next month, not six months. We've been here for a long time fighting this stuff. We're all getting a little fatigued, if you will, somewhat. Uh, but there's a lot of moving parts, obviously, also on the Twitter front. Uh, also, uh, Elon, who I believe is been activated and is a white hat, 
uh, is talking about potentially buying YouTube with some monopoly money called U.S. dollars. Uh, what's your thoughts on this? My thoughts on that video are that I love that man. Um, Ricardo Bosi, for those who are unaware, a former Australian Special Forces colonel, a very connected individual, someone who's not going to come out and say the types of things he just said without very good reason. Um, the New York Times reported December the 29th, 2021, as a flare operation for their deep state players and friends, that military tribunals had been calendared for the late summer and early fall of 2023. My understanding is that nothing has changed on that timetable. Elon's activation of Twitter as an outlet for enormity regarding truth, regarding declassification of um, you know, information that has been out there for a very long time, but has been suppressed, censored, removed, uh, sort of coincides perfectly with this timing. We are already be we are already seeing on Twitter in the Twitter files as of just today the idea that information surrounding COVID, the crime against humanity known as COVID, the bioweapons known as COVID nineteen injections, um, that's already being hinted at to come. <clears throat> Excuse me, Elon is on record saying that it is coming in a big way. Um, we are priming the consciousness to accept military justice because the level of evil and the level of criminality that happened to we the people of the world exceeded the civilian scope it exceeded the ability of the civilian levers of power and the civilian levers of judicial proceedings in all areas of the world to handle the wrongdoing and so we have to sort of bring the consciousness the sleepers the mass portion of the population to a point where they are willing to accept that this happened to them and that there needs to be a finality. We have to see governments fall. We have to see um, political arenas transitioned back to the lawful um, levers of power. We have to see an end of the continuity of government situation in the United States of America. And that may come after those tribunals. We don't know how this is going to play out. We don't know how many uh, processes we have to go through because we're keeping it all legal. We're doing this to the to the legal letter of the law as best as we can in all areas. So I agree with that video in a large part, in a large part, and I have very mad respect for the man. Would you like to add to that, Josh, or uh, do you have any thoughts of your own? Yeah, no, I, I don't know Ricardo uh, Bossi, obviously Colonel Special Forces Australia. Um, I, as for the information, I hope he's right. It's like what we talked about earlier, Mel, is that I, I really do hope that he's right and that there is this happening in the backdrop. Um, are there special military operations working in the backdrop? I do believe so. One name to mention here in the United States of, of America is something that Donald Trump has mentioned quite a few times, and people need to understand this guy's background, and that's Raisin Dan Kane. He's a three-star general, United States Army. Um, he led the special forces units in Syria and Afghanistan to basically limit the, the ISIS caliphate. Um, he then went on to basically oversee all special access programs for the Pentagon and the Department of Defense, which would have given this man the ability through Donald Trump to create a basically clandestine operation to take out the deep state, to take out the cabal, and to investigate them starting at the beginning of, quote unquote, Joe Biden's reign or whoever that actor is posing as Joe Biden. Now, as for Ricardo, I don't know. 
Uh, I hope that he's right. I hope that he does have some inside information. And it do- the timing does seem legitimate, though. That's the beautiful thing, is that we are coming to this cusp, this precipice really, really fast. And I think people are realizing that the world can't go on very much longer with this type of treatment. The manipulation of the economies, of the political system, the exploitation of human beings, the manipulation of information, um, as with the Great Awakening, gaining st- and people waking up more and more every day that we're going to come to a critical mass at some point. And I think that that some point will be in the next six months and the world will be ready to see what I call the apocalypse or the great unveiling. Great. Uh, I have a question for both of you guys. How do you see spirituality and technology coexist in the future? Is the technology that they're going to release that's going to be, I believe, pro-human, uh, you know, free energy technology? All is it going to be basically complementing each other or repel? This question comes from Jamie. I believe he's from Australia. He pretty much lives inside our Telegram group. Um, what do you guys think? Do you guys think it's going to complement or it's going to be sort of like trying to mix oil and water? Well, I, I think it depends on which uh, which side prevails or if there's compromise or whatnot. Um, it, when the Patriots and the White Hats, if, if we come about and we take over this whole thing and we get our way, we're going to have complementary levels of technology. The technology that is existent right now, and I know this, I'm I, I got my 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 thumb on the the heart of this movement in the sense of the spiritual aspect of it that. The technology that we're talking about that is being reverse engineered, one of the reasons why that this extraterrestrial, interdimensional, or whatever technology took so long to figure out how it worked is because it integrates directly with consciousness, is that it is conscious types of technology, not necessarily Leviathan, but it acts upon brainwave, brainwave functionality and has to have a conscious interaction in order for it to function. And the levels of technology that are being brought about right now lack, in a sense, processing systems because consciousness becomes that processor of these systems. In the sense of free energy, we had um, uh, the Joe Rogan podcast just a few weeks ago. You had um, Randall Carlson, uh, Randall, yeah, Randall Carlson on there, who is a uh, archaeoastronomer, archaeoarch, archaeologist. He's basically done a lot of research in the lower dryas talking about the ancient civilization that potentially was on this planet. Um, Very legitimate source, works with Graham Hancock a lot. And he talked about how for the last seven years, he's been working with this gentleman, a multi-billionaire, I believe out of Australia, who has been trying to reverse Victor Schoenberger as well as Nikola Tesla's technology and has been very successful at it to the point where they have prototypes already built And the way that they're going to release this, and Randall Carlson said they're going to release this in the next three months, is completely open source to humanity. They're not going to go out there, not going to file patents. They're just going to release it to humanity, get it out there. And we're talking about implosion level technology. So this, if you guys go out there and you know anything about the spiritual aspects, you have the masculine and you have the feminine. Masculine is explosive. Feminine is implosive. Implosive technologies are a lot what Tesla talks about in the sense of scalar technologies, longitudinal waves, scalar waves, these types of things on how they operate instead of like a traverse wave where your waveform, your magnetic field is actually projected outward in a wave and um, spiritual or toroidal fashion. 
it's actually imploded inwards in what we would call counter space. And this has a preservation of various levels of energy within that scalar waveform and allows the propagation of it almost instantaneously. And this brings about basically what we can consider zero point energy technology, which I think we can see coming out on the market relatively soon. And if Randall Carlson was correct, in the next three months, this will be open source. And five years to 10 years, we're going to see this coming out in the mainstream. SGNon, would you like to add something to that? Absolutely. This Great Awakening, uh, much like Josh was just talking about with the unseen technologies, the intangibles of our world, the intangibles of our universe, um, that is the reason that we're here. <clears throat> Excuse me. Our, ident our identity was stripped away from us. We were never taught who we really are. If you point an electron microscope at your arm, you do not see skin cells. You, do not, you don't even see molecules. You see mostly empty space. It is in that space that your spiritual body, your quantum field, your resonant um, presence, as you go through this uh, five-dimensional world that we live in, it is in that space that you interact with the space of all that is. Um, human beings have the ability to direct and control thought form we have the ability to originate thought waves, the most powerful waves in all of, um, in all of science. Uh, thought waves pierce and penetrate every point of time and space. We have thought wave um, transducers, essentially, in our heads that allow us the ability to uh, receive input from that creator source that is the um, sort of presence of all, sustains all, sustains the energy between your atoms and the energy between the atoms of all things. We can both receive input from that, <clears throat> excuse me, and then control and direct it. We have feedback. We have emotional feedback that gives us a sense of where we're at in our spiritual journey. We have emotional feedback that helps govern our actions. We are programmed with certain moral absolutes. Um, that's part of what this journey is about, is understanding that we're extraordinarily powerful, created beings. We have real physical world interactive capabilities with things like ESP, with things like telepathy. The things like the ability to um, travel um, without gravity affecting us as we move along. Um, we have quantum healing technology available to us. It's just been suppressed from us. We've had flight technology for hundreds and hundreds of years. We have the ability to um, we have the ability to do so much. It's it, we could have spent a whole forty five minutes just on this segment. The two of them sort of come together, right? The cabal understood and has understood what our spiritual nature really is. That's where this COVID bioweapon came from. It was a direct attack on our spiritual nature. It was a direct attack on our ability to interface with the, with the God of all, the source of all. It was a direct attack to separate us from that sustaining energy, that life force, which allows us to govern this existence. We had to be hijacked to create the world for them because they're that incapable. They're a pathetic adversary. They're just extraordinarily well-equipped. And so understanding who you are is part of understanding this journey. You have power, real physical power capable within your own body and spirit. It's just been hidden from you. Absolutely. I know this is not one of your areas of expertise, um, SG and on, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Okay. Um, in regards to the Q movement, how much of it do you think is really connected to the quantum financial system, Jasara Nasara? The XRP, which is going to be the new and improved Bitcoin on steroids 5.0, 2.0, 3.0, 4.0, 5.0, 6.0, 7.0, 8.0, 9.0, 10.0, 11.0, 12.0, 13.0, 14.0,
the XLMs, the XDCs, the Rocky Dinars, the Zims, the Rainbow Currency, the Gold-backed, everything, etc. I don't think that you can have the public dissemination and the sort of information D-class that came through the cue boards and say that they're not connected. The cue board showed us what the problem was. But we also know that Q patriots at different levels, at different areas of government and political and military arenas throughout the world, also understand how to fix the problem. Uh, we signed the, or President Trump signed the National Quantum Initiative Act in 2018. Uh, loosely stated, this act gave the United States government, became public law, um, gave the United States government the funding needed, the directionality needed, and the authorization to begin developing quantum technology for all areas of society. Um, to think that this, that the operations aren't connected, I think is maybe not seeing the full picture. We have to take down the financial structures that have controlled the world, but we also have to replace them. The only way to replace them and be corruption free is to leverage an area of technology and power that's always been available to us, but has always been hidden away from us. I think returning that to the people, when President Trump says, I'm giving power back to the people, it's not just the power of government. It's the power of people to control how things are exchanged. It's the power of people to control how things are um, sort of implemented and adhered to in this world. Uh, we have lots of evidence from various House resolutions, bills that have been tabled for discussion, bills that have been passed into law. I mean, I have to, I'd have to go back and check a couple of my notes on it, but I don't remember the exact names of them, but they deal with the quantum initiative. They deal with human trafficking as it pertains to money. They deal with crypto regulation, um, cyberspace security improvement, um, and a big focus given in one of those documents to the Quantum Initiative Act. So this is a, this is a coordinated operation at all levels. So obviously you just gave me a, a clean bill of health. I'm not crazy after all. <laughs> hey, Josh, same question, buddy. I know you you are a wealth of knowledge on in this area, uh, especially uh, potentially the uh, the paper money over there. That's as a matter of fact, uh, Trump in one of his interviews on Fox at the end of the interview because we go, he goes we own thirty five billion dollars worth of dinars. You know, <laughs> it's yeah. like how are they going to pay us back? Well, we own thirty five billion dollars worth of their dinars. So he's he's. He's put out enough breadcrumbs for the people who want to, you know, understand what this is. Um, Josh, take it away, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Quantum financial system. Now, I know there's a lot of of, of talk out there about this, and SG and I was correct. You know, Trump really kind of paved the way for the funding of this matter with Quantum.gov, and a lot of what they were developing was quantum infrastructure. This is in the sense is we've already have quantum computing. It already is at a certain levels of advancement, but we don't have quantum networking. And we don't have the infrastructure to support quantum networking. And obviously, with the latest um, Nobel Prize being issued to um, a few guys in physics pertaining to quantum entanglement and how that works in a non-observer-based universe, basically non-locality-based universe, um, we can understand that this level of technology is about to skyrocket and that we know they, they've already had this level of technology for 40 some years. And so Trump just kind of set that paved that way. Now, a quantum financial system is the next step in evolution of where we are headed in the world. Now, how do various cryptocurrencies play into that? Well, XRP, XLM, these are two interesting ones because they're known as interoperability tokens, and they basically translate information between other and various blockchains as well as you have <clears throat> the xrp ledger 
which is set to be the replacement for the SWIFT system. I know that this has been, there's a lot of talk before the XRP lawsuit about this. During the SEC XRP lawsuit, this has been hush-hush, but uh, people like the World Economic Forum were even touting XRPL, XRP Ledger, as the replacement for the SWIFT system. Um, this does provide that backbone that is capable of, of being implemented into a QFS. I think that the QFS of the future, though, is going to be more organized towards another level of blockchain technology that's more biological. And this is gets interesting because it goes a lot in the last Q post that talked about DNA. And one thing that we were just talking about was SG Anon talked about <clears throat> kind of like this modulation, demodulation aspect of the human body to where we communicate with source. And this is actually done through our DNA. Our DNA, as done by research through a guy by the name of Dr. Martin Blank in 2014 at the University of Columbia. Um, Columbia University found that DNA is an electromagnetic transducer, it means it sends and receives electromagnetic signals, as well as a fractal antennas. If you cut it in half, it still keeps its self-symmetry and it still transmits and receives those signals. So it's a modulator demodulator for our body. Now, Q said that we need to protect our DNA. There's a war for our DNA. In an interview with Dr. Michael Sala and talking about the off-world human trafficking um, program that is going on, where they're taking children down to whatever Antarctica and they're taking them off planet and they're putting them into slave enslavement and some of these beans apparently use them for food. One of the questions was asked is what is the currency that is used? And he responded back that DNA. And it makes complete sense because if you look in the sense of DNA is that we all have a unique identifier that is simply us. And this is our resonant frequency is mapped within our DNA. Mine is different than yours and yours is different than SG Anon's and everybody else is different from each other. So it's kind of like a cryptocurrency itself. Every single piece of DNA that you have is its own cryptocurrency and can be utilized in this exchange fashion. This is one of the reasons why Bill Gates came out with that patent for a blockchain that actually goes in and harnesses the energy of your body, the mind, and basically utilizes your DNA as part of the blockchain um, superficial structure. And so I think that we'll see a transition towards um, kind of like a, a containment of information and currency on a biological chain that will be integrated into what we can call the quantum financial system in the sense of the exchange of data being at those levels and utilizing that technology. Interesting. You know, I, I'm going to give you the floor, Joshua, here in a little bit, but I wanted I wanted to just add something. I think personally, and this is my personal speculation take on it, on Elon Musk, I think he's a welfare case. I think he's CIA, but he's white hat. And I think he's got access to the printing press through Trump because Trump, I believe, is still the president. And basically, I think this is going to end up being one of the major breadcrumbs if my speculation becomes reality, is we're going to be able to buy YouTube with monopoly money, okay, which is called the U.S. dollar. That's actually monopoly money has got more value than the U.S. dollar, okay? And then they're going to crash the economy, which means they got YouTube for what? For free. <laughs> That's my speculation. I could be dead wrong, but I have a way of thinking about this stuff that is sometimes unparalleled. Uh, where are you guys on that? Because I know that we're close to the movie and the timing of that tweet, him saying, I think I'm going to buy YouTube is very telling. Go ahead, SG. I, I agree with you on that. Um, Elon Musk, for good or for ill, doing our bidding. To what end and to what circumstances uh, sort of made that happen, I, I can't really speak. I'm, 
I would almost certainly think it would have to do with a deal made probably with Crown Prince Ben Salm. Um, regardless, the, the exchange of information and the sort of overtaking of all of their narrative machines is going to force them into an untenable situation. They've utterly lost control. Uh, they know it. They didn't believe us in 2018, and most of these mid-level idiots didn't believe us in 2020 either. But now most of them can see that there's writing on the wall. A great many of them, I believe, have been contacted by the military, especially if they were involved in serious treason, serious crimes against humanity, serious connections to these money laundering schemes, uh, weapons trafficking, human trafficking, and things like that. But you know, with regards to how this plays out, I think at this point, we, we really just need to be patient and wait and see. This is an irregular war. Situations are fluid and dynamic every day. Operations have to be um, sort of implemented very selectly, very selectively, very carefully, carried out quietly. Um, and I think, as we discussed earlier, as we move towards this period of tribunals towards the end of next year, um, we have avenues now for an extraordinary amount of D-class that are coming from what appears to be for all of the mass majority of the population, or vast majority, excuse me, of the population. It appears to be an organic sort of occurrence. Um, we can debate all day how much of this has actually been a coordinated military operation, but at the end of the day, if we blow the lid off the narrative, we show the mass population what's really going on, and we arrive at a place where all of us are sort of ready for the movie to end, does it really matter how we got there? Mm -hmm. absolutely correct uh josh i'm sure you got a bunch of questions you probably drafted before we even hit the record button on the show and i'd like for you to take over if you don't mind and i'll throw in a couple of things regarding uh what i want i want to go towards the central bank digital currency towards maybe in the next five ten minutes and ask right. you guys some questions regarding that but go ahead and take it over brother well i wanted to touch on the elon musk thing because this is interesting one of the things that I've talked about for a while is the sense that what we see at the upper echelons of what we can consider the cabal, the elites or whatever, is it's a multi-headed hydra, is that there's multiple heads to this and they're all in various different factions. I've studied the studied, investigated and been a researcher in the occult and what's known as esotericism for over two decades. And you see this integrated in various secret societies. You see this integrated in various cults. And so when we start looking at the elites and their structure is we know that this is a multi-headed hydra and there's various different factions. And a lot of these factions don't like each other are continuously operating against them. Now, when I start looking at the Q movement and how it evolved and the different people is I think it started primarily military, but expanded out to a various different few people. And this would have been people who basically have the capabilities to collect information, disseminate information that have popularity. People have control over various technologies as well as the infiltration um, of the intelligence circuit. Now, there's two people, particularly at the beginning of the Trump administration, that we wouldn't look at as these figures. But now looking at what Elon's doing, we can see that they're probably potentially part of that plan. And these two people are Peter Thiel and Elon Musk. Peter Thiel and Elon Musk were both part of Donald Trump's administration in the early years. Um, Donald Trump's strategic policy forum was created. Peter Thiel and Elon Musk, both bros from the PayPal days, came on board. 
Elon Musk is the number two defense contractor in the world. He has Starlink satellites, which are nothing more than a backup system for a DARPA program known as Blackjack, which is the new evolution of the SDI under Reagan, the Star Wars Defense Initiative. And so we have space-based programming. This is when Trump and Q came out and we were talking about directed energy weapons and kind of how we had this. This is at least what we were talking about in the sense of the decodes is that we had back control over these various satellite systems. This came about with Elon. This came about with the military. Now the military controls all these satellite-based systems. We had uh, the Corona satellites, if you remember this, which I believe were just facilities, but there's also the, the seven dwarfs that Q talked about. And this was the various weaponry that was in space is now back under control of these patriots. And I think Elon Musk was a critical component in that because the Starlink system has secondary and ancillary backup systems. And if you've seen the level of technology coming out of China and Russia, where they have these predator drone satellites can hunt down other satellites, they got that technology from us 10 years ago. So you got to imagine how advanced our systems are. And we utilize them during the Trump administration, I believe, to take back control over the space domain. And Elon Musk was critical to that. And so now that we're seeing Elon Musk being critical to this information domain, going in, taking over Twitter and getting this information disseminated out there, I think it just goes to show us that Although he might have a, a, a shady history, I'll know that he might potentially be a double agent. I'll know he could be infiltrated, whatever it might be, is that what he's doing right now is is helping the movement. It's helping people understand. It's waking people up. And that's critical to what's coming, at least in my opinion. The central bank digital currency, in my opinion, Ripple XRP has created that to sort of humor the banks, okay? Because at the end of the day, we're not going to go into programmable money. I don't think we're going to go into enslavement where I'm walking down the street and, you know, Mel's got a minus 717 uh, score because he's a bad dude, right? And he cannot buy or sell and all that kind of stuff. That's total enslavement. I think they did that to sort of humor them because the banks, re- it's like we have this blockchain, right? Uh, Joshua and, and SG. And on this blockchain, we could transact peer to peer, but all of a sudden the banks have been humored to think that they have a central bank digital currency. We're adding an extra toll onto the highway saying, hey, when you come through, not only are you going to pay a little bit to XRP, the whatever 0.00004 of one penny uh, to, to transact, but you also have to pay us. The fact is I could pay you direct. We could pay each other direct. I think it's a game of charades. I think it's a bullshit story. I don't think it's going to hold any water going down the road because people don't want enslavement. People don't want to be told what they're going to be doing with their money. Okay. We're going to have to have total control. Somebody's got to win. Someone's got to lose. Jasara and Asara cannot coexist right alongside a bunch of criminals. One's got to win. One's got to lose. SG and on, where are you on this? You know, it's mostly aligned with that statement. I would say that it's, it's important to also remember that we're still dealing with some capabilities from these mid-level idiots. Uh, They do have fairly decent sized levers that they can still pull uh, simply because we're overtaking those systems. I believe the monetary system has been mostly overtaken. They have lost control of um, crypto. They lost control of crypto a long time ago. Um, We're seeing evidence of that playing out now as we essentially do whatever we want from our side of the fence in terms of, um, infiltrating into those 
money laundering holes and and just simply draining it of wealth and bringing it back to our side. Regarding central bank currencies, you know, it could be a number of things. This could be, <clears throat> excuse me, a last ditch effort, a hail mary on behalf of the central bank system to sort of preserve its integrity. Um, that system has been in collapse for a while. I believe the United States Government Corporation officially filed its bankruptcy in 2019. It was adjudicated in late 2020. I'd have to go back and double check. Um, regardless, we've been in a situation where the old system uh, has no money left. And so anything and everything that they can do, any, any sort of groveling uh, avenue that they can enact upon the people during their last, during this limited time that they have, and they know their time is limited, um, is what they're going to do. This does have the benefit of helping us to flush out um, all of the, the financial hidey holes, all of the places around the world in the deep, dark recesses of the internet, the deep, dark recesses of cities and um, you know, townships and countries all around the globe. It helps us sort of find out who's on our side and who's not as it pertains to the transaction of money. That is part of this operation. We do have to identify those individuals. Are they guilty for crimes against humanity or are they simply taking orders? Um, you know, this is part of this operation. I think this could be part of that. Want to add to that, Josh? Yeah. Um, CBDC, central bank digital currencies, and kind of what's being exploited from them is programmable aspects of money that will fit directly into what we're seeing in the sense of global IDs, social credit scores, ESG policy that's being derived through the World Economic Forum, trickled down totalitarianism from financial institutions. Um, I, I actually see the introduction that's happening right now of them as kind of a wake-up call to the people around the world. It's interesting and ironic that it coincides directly with these protests that are happening in China, of which these people out there protesting are being identified through um, artificial intelligence, surveillance technology, facial recognition technology that is being fed directly back into a system of their global pandemic COVID IDs, and they're being blacklisted and not allowed into their houses, grocery stores, banks, or transportation systems or places of work. And this is really helping to wake up people globally to what CBDCs and programmable money is all about. And I think that it was dead before it ever got started. I think that as this begins to happen, the parallel movement that we're seeing rise up um, that's countering the central bank digital currency, the centralized blockchain and digital currency um, is going to defeat it massively. And they're not even going to have I mean, I'm hoping they won't even be around by that time, but they're not even going to have a chance in hell that the central bank in the United States of America, I think, will be gone. And there's actually one interesting piece here is Representative Congressman Massey from Tennessee introduced legislation that won't be heard until January when the new Congress comes in. And this is to reintroduce the gold standard to the United States of America. And I think that this is important for everybody to understand because it returns us back to a sound money. And it's the first step to taking down the Federal Reserve System, which is corrupted beyond anything you can ever imagine. Number one, it's unconstitutional. It doesn't matter how many states ratified it because Article 2, Section 2 of the Constitution doesn't give Congress the authority to advocate their authority to somebody else or a third party, that they cannot give or grant a third party the power that the people invested into them. And that's exactly what they did with the Federal Reserve System. So it's unconstitutional right from the get-go. And I think that we could defeat the Federal Reserve System in 2023, giving rise to a whole new system, and exactly what you've been talking about here, Mel. 
Well, you know, it, it goes right back to the same old thing. You know, the XRP Army 1.0, as I like to call them, the original army, is preaching Klaus Schwab, communism, central bank digital currency, programmable money, enslavement. And they're okay with that. They're going to give the – some of them have actually said that they're going to, they're okay to give the bad guys a crumb. And I say, no, it's either we win or we lose. There's no, there's no, in between, there's no middle ground here at all to be had. But all roads, it seems like they go right back to Elon Musk in the sense of SpaceX, X.com, XRP, XLM, XDC, the satellites, the low-lying satellites, the, the system that's going to be the nodes that reside on the satellites, the whole system, the whole quantum financial system is there, and it's connected to Reno, Spain, Dubai, the quantum computers. You know what I mean? It's all connected. It's, why is he going to now activate this X.com? He's had it for a long time. Now, out of all, you know, out of all the time we've had on this planet, right now, during the middle of the biggest transfer of wealth, he's going to activate X.com. He's got SpaceX. Okay. Everything's with an X. His kid's named think, X. Yeah. I think we need to pay attention to the X's here. And I'm not talking about our ex girlfriends either. Well, X marks the spot. <laughs> what do you think there, <laughs> SGNon? You know, I think that this discussion does, it's sort of loosely, um, neatly, I should say, ties all of this together. The Federal Reserve was backed into the United States Treasury in, I believe it was April of 2020. For the first mm -hmm. time ever, the United States government had total control of what happened inside the Federal Reserve. Mm -hmm. um, they lost their power when that occurred. Elon curiously, has been providing infrastructure, technological capability, et cetera, uh, to the Pentagon for a long time. And we now have a Starlink system that is capable of internet transmission globally, the instant connectivity of all um, technology sort of around the world aligned with that quantum frequency. Um, we have Space Force, which we know, I mean, I, I think that it's a reasonable conclusion to draw given his proximity that Space Force and Elon have had conversations that neither of them have talked about. And so as we move through this process of witnessing the restructuring of the financial system and coming back to the CBDC thing, you know, it's, it's, you can sort of see the counter moves, the plays. We have the gold system, the gold standard being reintroduced in the public law space in the United States. We have the Quantum Initiative Act. And over here from this Manchurian government, we have the CBDC. It's sort of like, which angel are you going to take? Which stone are you going to go with? And of course, we know the population of the world's not going to go with a CBDC system. And so it's it's very interesting how it's sort of playing out. And yes, to your point, I think a great deal of this is going to tie back to Elon before it's all said and done. Absolutely. I think he's just become the, the, the wild card in the deck, if you will. Um, Twitter also wants to move towards payment systems, uh, mimicking one of the apps over there in China. I can't think. I think it's called WeChat. WeChat. Yes. Yeah. Um, but here's where the confusion comes in. And maybe you guys can shed some light on it because I'm saying to myself, okay, I really believe he's a white hat, but why does he still try to confuse the little guy? See, I'm not about to confuse the little guy. I want the little guy and the little gal to win. I want to be on the battlefield, making sure that as many little guys and as many little girls out there win. Okay. So why is he sending mixed signals saying, oh, I think we're going to start to accept dog coin when we know dog coin, even though it's not, you know, nothing. They actually developed the darn thing in less than three hours. And yes, 
from a technological standpoint, sorry to all you Bitcoin Nancys out there, because I will ruffle your feathers, okay? Uh, it's more technologically advanced. The software that was developed in three hours is more advanced than your Bitcoins, okay? Why would he, we know that Dogcoin is not going to be the one? We know it's going to be XRP, XLM, XDC, and a few other ones in the ISO family. Why is he sending out the mixed signals to try and hurt the little guy? This question is for Elon Musk, if you're listening. Well, I, I think that it comes about is that Elon's going to have an integration within the Twitter payment system of multiple different digital currencies. And this is going to be your XLMs, your XRPs. This is probably going to be Cardano, ADA, and various other blockchains that are aligned with the ISO protocols, but also with helping people and that move towards a, a DAO that is um, people controlled and not institutionally controlled. And I think that that's really important for Elon Musk is that any cryptocurrencies that he supports on Twitter as a platform uh, for monetization is those cryptocurrencies have to be controlled by the people in a decentralized format and not by institutions, corporations, and shareholders. And I think that this is one of the main reasons why he has latched on the Doge because he comes out and he his team can take over the development of it and the still the 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 management aspect change management aspect of it can be left towards the people that are the owners of the coin and this is why doge actually comes out as one of the non-iso coins that elon supports is because i think it's control that he has as well as functionality interesting same question sg what do you think You know, that's actually an, an avenue with Elon that I haven't fully figured out, but I really enjoyed what Josh was just talking about there with, you know, integrating functionalities into Twitter. Twitter is morphing and transforming before our eyes. It's becoming more than a social media giant. It is, we're turning it into our battlefield howitzer for information. Um, we have to play within sort of the structure that we have right here, right now for the masses to see when we're doing it in a way that all of the masses can exchange information, ideas, and you know, perhaps payments and, and monetary exchange as well. There is an enormous usefulness in the crypto domain, in the crypto area that I don't think has been um, discussed really in the, in the truth community over the last few years. <clears throat> While we know that the currencies of the world, especially official currencies from governments, are going to have to be precious metal and asset backed, we also know that we're moving into an era where technological capability as it pertains to our exchange of and understanding of money and the flow of money um, are going to come out and really reshape our way of life. You know, are we seeing the first little bits of this beginning to come about in, in an applicable technological way before our eyes? I think that's a good possibility. The, the non-money laundering, um, sort, of, sort of the areas of crypto that aren't dark money or associated with those back-channel dark um, exchanges could very well be repurposed for wonderful good moving into, you know, the future as we move forward. Um, I think that, you know, again, we just need to kind of give Elon the benefit of the doubt and see how this plays out. Okay. Let's uh, switch gears a little bit. Washington, D.C. It's closed down. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, uh, and I've watched many, many videos relentlessly uh, about uh, the IRS being shut down in many different states including Maryland. They got a, a building that's like four city square blocks with thousands of parking spaces shut down. Washington, D.C., IRS building shut down. The Federal Reserve, the Treasury. Treasury recently got arrested not too long ago, a few months ago. People were held off in handcuffs. The lawsuit 
with uh, the XRP, the ripples, uh, the fact that it's a Kabuki theater lawsuit for the masses. We know the lawsuit was settled a long time ago. This is all to slow everything down to bring in Jassar and Asara, as far as I'm concerned. And I think the people that are in the know or the people that can see the breadcrumbs for what they are, I think they come to the same conclusion. Uh, are you on, are you on the same page as uh, Shannon as far as Washington being shut down for business? That there is a merger of, you know, uh, the private sector, if you will, uh, with this monetary system that is not allowed to leave the United States because there's fifty billion that is owned, and uh, there's people throwing price tags out there that are as high as a million dollars. I'm not one of those people, but I do say for the appetizer, they're going to need the XRP to be a hundred thousand dollars to be able to do world commerce in a world that we're get, getting ready to graduate out of, which is a five quadrillion dollar a year world as far as movement of money into a 50 quadrillion, because you're going to have the the unbanked, which you're looking at, you know, most of Africa, most of India, and most of, uh, I believe, uh, Southeast Asia. Uh, and all of that money has to move through something, the UBI. It, there's going to be a explosion of movement of money in, in the coming months, I believe, and that task is going to be, I'm sure that XLMs could be tagged in. I'm sure the XDCs could be tagged in, but the, the ISOs are, are going to be here to stay. There's probably going to be 50, 60 tokens at the most left standing. The 26,000 tokens that are there right now, 99.999% of them are all Ponzi schemes and they're going to go away. Where are you on all of this? You know, the financial changes aren't my expertise. I want to preface with that. But my understanding is that um, you know, your statement regarding the blending of the sectors, we are restructuring how the residential, civilian, private sector interacts with the sector known as money and value exchange, economy, commerce. The other thing that we're doing is we are uh, sort of ripping out the tentacles of an infection with that particular system of economy and commerce as it pertains to how government and influence and extra governmental actors have maintained control. You know, Washington, D.C. was closed for business with the continuity of government operation that's going on in the United States of America. Uh, 47 U.S. Code 606 gives the president the emergency power in times of war to close all government buildings. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Washington, D.C. is defined as a foreign territory. Washington, D.C. is a combatant enemy in this particular journey. It is a vassal state. It is a foreign nation. It is a foreign power that has had control of our money and by proxy our lives, every aspect of our lives. We are restructuring that system, not only in the United States, but in countries all around the world. BRICS is a good example of the progress that we've been making in certain countries for a while now. Um, we have an enormous number of countries that are going in wanting to join BRICS. We have BRICS being very selective about individuals that come in. And one of the requirements is your currency has to have a standard of value. In other words, you can't have an old system, central bank manipulatable currency and participate in our commerce exchange. I think we're just going to see that explode. I think we're going to see that attitude explode through all sectors, not just in the physical transaction of money, but like you mm -hmm. said, with the electronic and the digital transaction of money as well. Part of this operation is removing the monetary control from the enemy. We've been doing that now for a number of years. But, you know, again, we have to ensure that we get it all. We can't let anybody get away with financing. We can't let anyone slip through the cracks. This has to be a purge of corruption from our society so we can start at a truly level playing field on the other side. Well said. Um, so you, you, are you on the same page that the IRS is closed, the Federal Reserve is partially closed or mostly closed, 
and the treasury is mostly closed and whatever good people were left from those entities have merged to some extent. Is that a possibility? Yes or no? Absolutely, it is. And I'll add to that, I believe, based on some of the research I've done, that a bulk of treasury operations have been moved to Reno. Interesting. Interesting. Josh, where are you on all of that? Washington being closed, these entities being closed, they're being being pretty much out of business, and they're threatening us with 87,000 new agents that we're hiring. That is the biggest bullshit story I've ever heard because nobody's home. You go down to Washington, D.C., the building's all boarded up. Nobody's pulling up Monday morning to go to work. There's no cars in the parking lot. Well, you know, 4 million people go inside and outside of Washington, D.C. on a weekly basis. Um, that, that's a hard thing to cover up there. I, I believe that uh, I, I have a different perspective on all this. I just got my bill from the IRS, so they apparently seem to be still in business because <laughs> they're wanting me to pay my taxes. Um, the 87,000 IRS agents that are out there being hired over the next 10 years, this actually has to do with the way that the uh, CBDCs were going to begin implementation. Um, when you go in, you have to create your uh, your central bank bank account to actually get your CBDC um, to transfer all of your other dollars and so forth over to it. You have to actually sync your bank accounts and your crypto wallets. And what they do is they take the data from the last seven years, they upload that into the regional central uh, central Federal Reserve banks, and then those uh, eighty seven thousand IRS agents are going to basically produce audits over the last seven years on all the American citizens to recuperate that money. This is just another transference of wealth that they planned on doing. Unfortunately, they're never going to get that opportunity. We know those 87,000 agents are going to be basically um, bamboozled here once the new Congress comes in. As for Washington, D.C. being shut down, um, you know, I think we have differences of opinion on a lot of different things, and I think this might be one of them. The continuity of government, I've came, uh, I've talked to John uh, with, you know, Patel Patriot, and he came out with devolution. I was against that from the get-go. I've worked with FEMA. I've worked with, um, you know, people within the, the, the actual how devolution operates. Um, and it doesn't come about through decree. You can't do it through PED. It's something that happens through process and procedure. We talked about this last time, Mel. Um as well as Derek Johnson, I've written a rebuttal on my Substack about his uh, his uh, his declaration there. I think it was called uh, I forgot his website, but something uh, info documents info. He says fact check this. I went out there and fact checked the first three or four pages of his research, and it's full of holes. And I, I've actually put that on my Substack for people to go out there and check out. Doesn't mean they're wrong, but it just means that a lot of the research is misleading and that we need to actually have hypercritical analysis when we go out there and look at that information. Um, one of my biggest problems with the sense that Washington, D.C. is shut down and all these things, and this does get personal for me, is that we have to look at what's happened in this country. If we look at what's happened since Joe Biden has taken office, uh, and obviously I don't care whether it's Joe Biden or not, whoever that is that took office, Immediately when he came in the office, there were 17 executive orders filed that shut down energy independence that Trump had created in the United States, and it opened up the construction, uh, took down the construction of the border wall. From this, we basically have had economic decline, high inflation come about from this. Uh, everybody in America has suffered from this. And then we have the vaccine protocols in the sense that the Secretary of Defense issued vaccine mandates for all the military, including Space Force, and the majority of the military went out and got that. Those that didn't got basically ejected out of the military, sent home, lost their careers 19, 20 years. Obviously, they're going to be brought back. We've heard about this from the Congress, uh, but I lost my brother-in-law 
he was triple vaccinated. He had a stroke and then a heart attack and died. It's a very, very real thing. I've talked directly to the military whistleblowers on Project Salus, on a lot of these other things that came about in the sense of how we were vaccinated our military. If Trump was commander in chief, that wouldn't have happened, for goodness sake. Right. And that's my thoughts and feelings. Being someone who served 10 years, I know how the military operates. And in that, if this was the reality and really the case, then these things wouldn't have happened. We wouldn't have saw those 17 executive orders. We wouldn't have saw the uh, the CHIPS Act that just got passed. We wouldn't have saw these other things that came about from whoever Joe Biden is as a president passing these types of things. So there still is some type of functionality happening in Washington, D.C. in the sense of the deep state, whether it's the corporate functionality of our government through the Act of 1871 and the corporate domain acting on everybody in this country. I can understand that it's not the constitutional domain and it hasn't been the constitutional domain for a very, very long time. I do believe that there are special military operations that are in progress of collecting information. And this comes about through the Q movement. And the reason it comes about through the Q movement is because the information obtained during the original Q movement was inadmissible in court because it was illegally obtained when they spied on congressmen, senators, and American citizens, the deep state factors, and the cabal. And so they had to basically set them up to a point where they could take in this information and collect it legally under a certain type of investigation. And I think that that uh, uh, we have General uh, Raisin Dan Kane that helped set up this operation that it's currently ongoing. It's been ongoing for the last few years, and they're letting basically their enemy hang themselves, but there are casualties of war that occur within this time. So I, I guess a difference of opinion, but that just comes about from my research, and obviously I don't have the research that you guys have on these topics. Sure. Let's let's leave it at this. We're going to close out the show with this. A couple of years back, they were talking about 157,000 sealed indictments, then that number jumped to 287,000 sealed indictments. And we know that there's a lot of people that are really playing a hand in following unconstitutional orders in this new world order. And they all got to go. There are no negotiations. If you're like, I always say, if you are a low lying level nurse, but you know that you are administering a death shot, you know that that shot is a kill shot that's going to potentially kill that person or give them complications for the next four, five, six years before they croak, you're going to go away. Your excuse cannot be, well, I had a family to feed. Mm -hmm. Okay. Police officers that have enforced this new world order. As far as I'm concerned, look, if I was in charge, they're all dead. What do you guys think about this? Go ahead, SG, if you want to go first. What, now, let me make sure that I understand the question. Um, the commentary is about the sealed indictments in the background, correct? And what right. may be going on with legal processes right. there. Well, I think that as you know, as we look at the Q drops, we look at the Q boards, we see a lot of talk of sealed indictments. There's a lot of talk of Jeff Sessions. Uh, there's mention of John Huber and a discussion of a sort of a team, a very large team of prosecutors and special investigators that were going out and essentially you know, carrying forth the processes, the due process for these cases, um, bringing a lot of what, you know, Josh just talked about with, the, with that inadmissible evidence, bringing a lot of that evidence into play at a legal level. Um, I think that as we go through this declassification process, and this could come out, you know, in a way such as the Twitter files or, or another way, uh, similar in format, we're going to start seeing information from these uh, sealed indictments being unsealed. We're going to start seeing some of these individuals charged. Um, you know, where is John Durham? We know that John Durham is not done. Um, he's 
essentially, at this point, he's essentially established a multi-level um, interagency conspiracy in government, uh, sort of headed by Hillary Clinton in collusion with the Democratic National Committee. At the same time that this is going on, we have the Democratic National Committee being linked to the largest financial fraud of all time with FTX. Um, so, as, you know, as we go through this process, I think it's going to be really, really interesting. That would be that, that would be my, be my commentary on that. So uh, what I'm saying is, do the low-lying soldiers that carry out these unconstitutional orders, such as doctors, police officers, people who work for the pharmaceutical industry, uh, nurses, uh, you know, nurse practitioners, do they all get a death sentence because they knew what they were doing, they enforced unconstitutional, they were administering poison to our people? I say they all need to die. I think a good, you know, my opinion on that issue is a good majority of them uh, will be caught in the web of you knew what you were doing. Those individuals from communities, I don't think there's an escape. At this point, we have too much open source information. We have documentaries, full length documentaries. Stu Peters did an excellent one called Died Suddenly, um, discussing just what exactly is going on in the world. We have far too much entered into evidence and court systems now that we can look up discussing uh, Pfizer's role in data manipulation, information subversion, informed consent being done away with, and you know, interests that were involved in the administration sort of like building of this crime. So I think, you know, the process that for justice, how it looks at the local community level is we really need to establish intent. We really need to establish how much they really knew. Um, there's a number of doctors out there that are wonderful human beings who simply do not deviate from anything that they were taught in med school. And part of what you're taught in med school is where you can find further information during your career. And so in that way, we have a lot of individuals who have sort of been duped. Um, now, whether or not they come out and recant those positions or whether or not they're ever made aware of them, you know, I think this is a really kind of multidimensional process. But we know factually that law enforcement actions, judicial proceedings have been initiated at different areas of the world, um, and especially with the Nuremberg 2.0 and Dr. Reiner Fulmec going on in Europe, um, sort of tying into the tribunals of next year. We know that this process is coming. There are going to be local medical professionals at all levels of society hauled in for questioning. Now, where we go from there, I think, is anyone's game, but those who knowingly participated in you know, a genocidal event, I don't think that there's much escape for you. Yeah, well, what my question is, you know, this is we're talking military tribunals, which are going to be applicable, I think, to people who knew what they were doing. And they did it because their excuse is I got to feed my family, which is not an excuse in my book. Uh, I'm saying that this is not going to be not, this is not going to be up for negotiations. In other words, when we go through military trials, military trials and civilian trials operate under a different total scenario correct well yes and that's what we're discussing when we're talking about establishing how much they knew how complicit they were what were the intentionalities what's the evidence here what's the context of the administration of these shots if we establish in that process that you need military justice the game is over if you arrive at a military tribunal you're there for a formality um your fate is already known military justice essentially has one two punishments and one of them is used a lot less than the other. You have death and you have life in prison, um, military prison with no chance of anything that you want ever again. So I think if you're, if you're being arrived at a military tribunal, um, the jig is up. You might as well just spill, spill what it, spill what it is that you know. And by the time we arrive at these COVID tribunals, I don't think the opportunity to give us more information is going to save you.
Absolutely. I totally agree. I think there's going to be a lot of people that need to say goodbye to their loved ones because you are guilty as charged and you will be judged by your peers and you'll be judged by a military tribunal. And there are no negotiations as far as I'm concerned. I think you're going to go away. Any closing statements, Josh? I uh, appreciate Mel and, uh, and SG Anon for, uh, for having me on. This is a great conversation. Uh, pertainment to that in the sense of that, um, a lot of those people we were just talking about are vaccinated. So they're not going to be around anyway. They're, they're going to meet their fate with a stroke and then a heart attack. So, <laughs> but I think that for a lot of them, you know, they're going to, they're going to face it. I mean, Elon Musk just came out with his new pronouns, which was prosecute Fauci. And I think that that's setting the precedence for what is really going to come in 2023. So much appreciated uh, for anybody out there that is looking to, uh, to visit me and say hi, redpills.tv. Um, and you can find us all linked up from there. So much appreciated for having me on. Perfect. And SG Anon, how do they find you, my friend? I have two channels. I can be reached on Truth Social at the handle at Real SG Anon, and I can be found on rumble.com slash user slash Q News Patriot. Those are the only two channels that I'm affiliated with. The links are going to be down below, guys. We're going to say goodbye to the audience. I'm going to try and hold you over for an extra five minutes if I can. This was great. Uh, If you watch till the end, thank you. And we depend on you. You guys are the street soldiers. Sprinkle us out there, please. Thank you.